For more information about the podcast you are about to hear, visit genius-podcast.com. This dramatic podcast is intended for mature audiences and contains material that may be disturbing to some. Ah, here's one that's free. Excuse me, taxi. Hello, yes. Please take us to New Scotland Yard, 10 Broadway. New Scotland Yard. No, wait, wait, hold off. What? What is it? Oh. Oh. It's her. A moment, I pray you. I need to speak with you. I had come to anticipate you by the sudden appearance of a Sudoku book. Urgently. I see. You can keep the meter on. I'll be back shortly. Forgive me, John. I hope Gregson's not expecting us. You need to speak with me. You have me. My brother is accepting the second payment for the Millennium Wheel attack tonight at 11.30. Where will this occur? I don't know. Somewhere in town. In Greater London. How do you come by this information? He wants me to accompany him. I see. And are you? Yes. Why do you tell me this? I'm not sure. Do you wish for me to intervene? Is that your purpose? You are aware that I could follow you, alert the authorities, and make an arrest? Yes. They would arrest you? That's a possibility. You were not involved in the attack. If the police discover you, along with your brother, they will presume you were, evidence or no. I understand. This is ill-advised. It will assuredly be violent. Dangerous. Yes. Sabine, our brief acquaintance has been fraught with confusion. It has. And so, I am not certain what I can appeal to you in this regard. But in light of all that has occurred, I must entreat you to weigh the gravity of your actions carefully. I know what I'm doing. Proceeding with this carries great risk, and to speak plainly. I am unwilling to implicate you, an innocent, just to satisfy the greater goal of capturing Moriarty. Do you believe I'm innocent in this? I'm certain of it. It has been apparent every time we met. The care with which you arrange each meeting is to be undetectable. The fact that Moriarty rings your mobile whenever you wander out of range. The network of taxi drivers working as Sudoku messengers. You are a woman hunted. Moriarty never provides you with complete details of his actions. He doesn't trust you. Ad operare utraque party. Many people have been imprisoned on much less evidence. So they have. And many people have been wrongfully jailed. I cannot compel you to make such sacrifice. There is no way I can guarantee your safety. There is no way for my safety to be guaranteed, nor do I require you to guarantee it. I have provided enough data to formulate a decision rule. Do with it what you will. I entreat you! Take this. This is my mobile phone information. You must never call me. Yes. No matter what may happen. I understand. Fiat justitia ruat celum. Genius by Tracy Houston. Series 1, 
Episode 6 Symbols, Signals and Noise Offices of Llewellyn Ross, London Hi Sabine, what are you doing here? Busy? No, I mean yes, they pay me to be busy But come in, close the door What brings you here? I thought you said you couldn't stand. I met with the directors, Richard Payton and John Francis Masterson. But you were... You said that they wanted to justify the expense. And I thought you said they could both go hang. This is what passes for an apology in the Moriarty family. They agreed to meet with me and I walked them through my work on stochastic models. A bit of a primer. And? How'd it go? They seemed to grasp what I was getting at. In bold strokes. But they were quite impressed. In any case, they ought to be off your back now. Well, that's great. Great. And listen, I'm sorry about my part in this, too. I came on too strong. It's just that that thing with the... Gun. Yes. It upset me. A lot. Hmm. I worry that you're headed towards some kind of trouble. That you could be in some kind of trouble. And this person you're seeing... Yes. It's not my place. It really isn't. But I just... You know, I hope he's treating you right. He is. You said it was complicated. That's the only way it ever works. And that lifespan calculation, the proof you gave me. Did you review it? Well, yes, I did. It all checks out. I mean, the parts that I understood. Come on, you know the math. However, when I ran your algorithms and used the data you provided... You did that? I came up with a different distribution. What? No. Your end date was wrong. Really? But the math checked out. So I took the same data and I ran it through your models again. And according to my calculations, the date of your death, your predicted result differed. Really? It was today's date. What? So the math has got to be flawed somehow. It worked out that I would die today. Yeah, ridiculous, of course. Here you are. That's why I was so pleased to see you here this afternoon. But how could you come up with today? Well, wait, I tried it a few times. It also came up with tomorrow, and then next Wednesday, and the following Monday. The results were too fluid to produce any definite result. Hmm. You said you tested this and that you always hit the same result. I did. And the number always came up. A constant, never deviating. I don't know, then. What you've got there is pretty high-level stuff. I could barely follow it. Maybe you can't do the math. I beg your pardon? No. Maybe you can't perform the calculation for someone else. What do you mean? What if only the subject could run the equation? Maybe you've influenced it. You aren't the still point of the algorithm, whereas I am. Perhaps it only works if you are the person it is designed to affect. I can't see it. There's no way you managed to pull up the same answer every time. But I did. Why don't you use my algorithm to calculate the date of your death instead? No. But... No. Sabine, this is madness. You can't use statistical models to predict people's death dates. It's just impossible. All right, then. Let's put it to the test. What do you mean? I'll see if I die tonight. I have an errand that I need my gun. No, Sabine, that's not what I meant. I have no intention of dying. But if I do, promise me you'll annotate my proof. (laughs) 
So what does she want? Fiat justitia ruat calum. Is that Latin? Let justice be done, though the heavens fall. I saw her give you something. Yes, her mobile number. Oh. And insisted that I never call her. Right. But I intend to use it. Really? Well, this is why she gave it to me. After you gave your word that you wouldn't call? I won't call it. Okay. Allow me to elucidate. She informed me that Moriarty intends to draw the second instalment of the fee for the Millennium Wheel attack tonight at an unspecified location. Still not clear. She intends to accompany her brother on this errand. Sabine, but I thought you thought she wasn't involved. She isn't. She is there to provide material support for her brother. Support? A second set of eyes. Still lost, I'm afraid. She will act as a sharpshooter. Sabine! Her adroit gun handling belies much practice. You surely must recall that she was a crack shot with your service revolver. Ah. She has given me her mobile number with the intent that I should trace her coordinates and lead Scotland Yard to her brother. Ipso facto, caught, along with his patrons. But Sherlock, won't she be there? She will. But she'll be caught, and you're okay with this, this arrangement? <laughs> what must you think of me, John? Moriarty must be stopped. I will let nothing deter me from bringing him to justice. Okay, but I assume you have considered that she may be starting for Moriarty's team, that it could be a trap. It has. Very much so. New Scotland Yard. £11.50. Thanks. Sherlock, perhaps you could reach an understanding with Gregson. I don't know if it has escaped your attention, but the Metropolitan Police are not currently in the habit of heeding my advice. Oxford University, 1990s. Sabine! Sorry? Sabine, over here! Jim? Hey, brainy sister! Oh my god! What are you doing here? I got into Oxford too! Modern college! Get out! Experimental psychology. Wonderful! Yeah, I figure I'm well set for it, aren't I? <laughs> That's for sure. The minute I was accepted, I marched straight to the registrar and asked if a Sabine Moriarty might be enrolled in maths. Ha! She told me to come here. That's right. I'm at Trinity. But how are you? How have you been? You look wonderful. I'm fine. Things are great. Are you enjoying your classes? Is it good? Are you in touch with father at all? Yes. Yes, but where are you staying? Are you in residence? Nearby? What year are you in? Fourth term and I'm living out, but but you know what? This is crazy. We've got to meet up. Do you, do you want to get lunch? What, what's your schedule like? Um, uh, hang on. Free until 4.30 this afternoon. Do you know the Isis Wharf pub over by the Folly Bridge? How about that? Perfect. One o'clock? Wonderful. I've got to run for now, Beanie, but I'm so happy to catch you. Me too. New Scotland Yard. Pardon me, but I'm looking for Constable Tobias Gregson. He is not listed in the registry. Third door on your left. Oh. I see. Constable Gregson. I beg your pardon, newly minted Sergeant Gregson. Sherlock Holmes, Dr. Watson. Many congratulations on your well-deserved promotion. I imagine you're not here to turn yourself in and enter a full confession? Eliciting or coercing false confessions is a reprimandable offence, and perhaps the quickest way to lose your newfound stature. But I am certain that this is not lost on you. Thank you. It is not. And surely you haven't come all this way to offer me your compliments? Assuredly. 
I am seeking some information regarding the suicide of Tyrone Bussy Howell. Let me guess, Moriarty. Maybe not this one. It was a suicide, Mr. Holmes. We have conclusive autopsy results. Very good. I ask, although I feel I can already intuit your response, did the medical examiner perform an autopsy on the cat? What? It's possible that Tyrone Bussy Howell's cat, Mr. Bartholomew's cause of death, may illuminate this case. You're having me on again. I am in dread, Ernest. Alas, Mr. Holmes, you've caught the yard out again on yet another procedural cock-up. There was no autopsy on the cat. And so, what has become of the cat's remains? I don't know. Honestly, I imagine it was thrown in the rubbish. That's too bad. In any case, might I be able to review Tyrone Bussy Howell's dossier? That is not public information. I understand completely. I remind you that I have provided invaluable assistance with some of your investigations. And you did get a pay rise. You're to be discreet. I'll give you ten minutes with the files. Fifteen. What? It will take some time. I don't see how this benefits me. Indeed. I have some information that you will want to avail yourself of. Information? From your sources? If you like. But what I am about to reveal, you will need a discreet operation. Ten officers. Maybe fifteen. What? When? Tonight. And what does this discreet operation pertain to? A very solid lead on the Millennium Wheel attack. And Moriarty. All right, then. Let's have it. First, I require access to your files. Once I have reviewed what I need, I will be happy to impart all that I know. Follow me. Isis Wharf Pub, Oxford, 1990s. Well, to the Moriarty's academic success. Academic success. So how long has it been? Mother's funeral? Four years? Really? Wow. Words away from here. Still can't believe it's you, that you're here. You stopped sending letters. I know, I'm sorry. I I got very busy. It's okay. I didn't ever write back. I ought to have. No, I should have kept up. It's hard to correspond with a black hole. That's what St. Cledwin's was, a black hole. I was a black hole. I'm sorry about all of it. Growing up, it was awful. Yes, it was awful. But it wasn't your fault. Father's a very conflicted man. Do you hear from him? Not very much. I send him the odd update. He doesn't read them, I think. No, Sabine, he doesn't. Some people shouldn't have children. Nothing excuses the way he treated us both. But he hurt you. I hated it. I know how hard it was for you. I acted out. You were only trying to keep me safe. I was horrible to you. And I'll never forgive myself for putting you in... Jim, don't. No. Let me say it. I have to. For putting you in the oven. I thank God every day that it wasn't worse. Oh, Jim. I put you through so much. Made you watch me drown myself. None of this is lost on me, you know. It was a horrible, sordid existence and I put you in the middle. But Father sent you away. The electroshock therapy. (laughs) He was a sick man, Beanie. I forgive him, though. I don't. Don't give in to the negativity, Sabine. I really don't. Beanie, dear Beanie. It's okay now. We've survived. We're here. You and me, together. Everything's going to be all right. Yes. You look happy. In your element. I'd hoped and dreamed about something like this for you. Thank you. And look it. Oh my God, Mary Magdalene, you're still Still wearing wearing it. it. (laughs) (laughs) 
I knew you were. I knew it. I completely knew it. You were with me always. You kept me close. I did. That means ever so much to me. It really does, my dear sister. Okay, here's the archives. Excellent. And this is what we have on Tyrone Bussy Howell. It's all in there. John, please review the examiner's report for any inconsistencies. Thank you. We will be 15 minutes. I, I can't just leave you here. Talk about disciplinary reprimand. As per our agreement, Sergeant. <sighs> hmm. Seems Gregson's right. It was clearly a suicide. Ah. Cause of death, asphyxiation, lethal suspension by a ligature. And is there a note? A copy of it. Please review it for any indication or acknowledgement of Mr. Gary Elliott while I avail myself of the database. Hmm, no. Nothing. No mention of Gary Elliott. A reference to the cat, however. Read it. Sherlock, what are you doing? Read. Today I betrayed my best friend. Mr. Bartholomew trusted me and I failed him. He didn't deserve this. We come as a pair and we go as a pair. Forgive me, Barty. He killed himself over a cat. Tyrone Bussy Howell suffered from clinical depression. Barty was a ginger Abyssinian, a common breed of feline used for pet therapy. The cat was suggested to him by noted animal-assisted therapy psychologist Dr. Mary Erland. Mr. Bartholomew and Ty were together for ten years. Astonishing! How on earth... She spoke at the funeral. Well, I guess that's it for Mr. Elliot. We hardly needed the 15 minutes. What are you looking at? There's something else I wanted to investigate while we have fleeting access to both the police records and Sergeant Gregson's favour. And with any luck, I have discovered precisely the object of my search. And that would be... The police report of the suicide of Sabine Moriarty's fiancé. I'm so happy you kept the pendant. Of course. I imagine you'd have lost it by now. I never take it off. You don't know how happy that makes me. I'm over the moon. Sorry, Jim, am I interrupting? Absolutely not! Tony, this is my dear, dear sister. Sabine, you found her! Jim speaks of you so often. How do you do? I'm Anthony. Join us, Tony, join us! Sabine, Tony is... my friend. Oh? We're flatmates. More than that, Tones. You can tell her. She's my sister. It's fine. <gasps> Jim, you're a couple. Well, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> it is. Jim's amazing. Beanie, remember, remember when we saw Father and Craig? We're having an affair. In, in the, the bum! <laughs> <laughs> remember that? Remember I walked home in the carriageway? It's what adults do. <laughs> <laughs> but Sherlock, why do you suddenly need to look up her fiancé's file? I hope to discover the circumstances. Ah, here it is. Anthony Bryce Jones. Sherlock, this is like Googling your girlfriend's exes. Captain of the Oxford rowing team, drowned in the serpentine at Hyde Park. Byzantine. And he was Moriarty's lover. What? But he was engaged to his sister. Sabine and Anthony were engaged to be married a month later. This is morbid. You know what? I don't think we should be Put here. bricks in his pockets. 
I don't think looking at this case will be appreciated and by the- they never thought to test the bricks. What on earth would you test bricks for? Bricks, a symbol, a message, an implication. What is their provenance? Where did they originate? Surely one does not find bricks in a random pile in Hyde Park. Fascinating. Why would the investigation overlook this? Maybe he just wanted to sink, didn't want his body to be discovered, just disappear. Or maybe he didn't want her to know what he'd done. Then why Hyde Park? The body would most certainly be recovered, and if your intent was to kill yourself by drowning, if you're so despondent and guilt-ridden, the method and timing speak of an act of rash desperation. You would not require the extra weight or bother of locating bricks. And he used only two. Two? That's not ballast enough for a man of twelve stone. Let me see that. Oh, and he left a note. Aha! Interesting. Let me see it. Actually, you know, I really don't think that we should be Is here. it there? Let me see it. Sherlock, this is a private matter. This is murder, John. I need to know who did it. Let me see. All right. The suicide note is on wedding stationery. Moriarty. Not necessarily... My God, my God, he killed him to get at Sabine. That's... that's... diabolical. And she doesn't suspect him... Of of course she suspects him! She... my God, she knows! This is all about her. Sabine Moriarty and Anthony Bryce Jones were to be married the next month. The invitations were ready, possibly already even sent. Moriarty timed this to create the most harm to her. We don't know that for certain. I do. Time's up, gentlemen. Are you quite finished? We are. I only wish we had those bricks. What would that solve? It's one of Moriarty's stupid games. The bricks are the ultimate proof of guilt. Thumbing his nose at the police, taunting his sister. Not Moriarty again. He's starting to feel like the tooth fairy. You'll get your chance tonight. But Sherlock, who would know anything about the bricks? Sabine. She could have said something to the police about them. No, she wouldn't. Which is how I know that this is about the two of them. A childish squabble. A petty jealousy. Come on, Mr. Holmes, we've got to wind this up. But I don't understand. She wanted her brother to kill her fiancé. No, she couldn't stop her brother from killing her fiancé. He knows she won't turn him in. What could she do? Lose her fiancé and then send her brother to prison? Thank you, Sergeant Gregson. Now take us somewhere where I can unfold to you Moriarty's design to accept the second payment for the Millennium Wheel attack tonight. Plan B Nightclub, London. Sabine, right on time. I knew I could count on you. Did you bring your gun? Yes. Just like old times. Now tell me where we're going. What is this? You put your hair up. Don't do this with your hair. Jim, I can't see. I don't care. I like your hair down. You know that. You don't know how happy I am to see you. Can I get you a drink? No, thank you. Not even one of your tonic water braces? Come on. I've got my own Dutch courage for this evening. Please don't be dour tonight, Sabine. I'm stressed enough as it is. Fine. Explain what's to happen. Just a handoff, no different from that. A Mr. Zhang. And what is the exchange? He's going to toss me a valise full of cash for the remaining payment. Then we leave. Simple. How much? Oh, I don't even want to say. It's obscene. Since when did you become modest? Since I started becoming extraordinarily successful. This work for Mr. Zhang could be extremely lucrative in the long run. Well, I've never seen the place, so I don't know how I'm going to be of any help. I brought some plans of the building. I've marked off where we're going. 
An old shipwright factory? Boilermaker. Total metal inside. Lots of girders and metal beams. Lots of hidey holes. This is what worries me. And does Mr. Zhang know I'm coming with? Yes. He agreed to it. Keep your gun where he can see it, but hang back ten meters. Is Mr. Zhang bringing anyone? He said no. He's lying. Exactly. That's why I'm worried. That's why I need you with me. You know I can't stand guns. It might be an ambush. But why? Zhang should be delighted. The job was completed and Scotland Yard is totally sold with the idea that it's a terrorist attack. Besides, it's all on good faith. Come on. Newton's Dismay Pub. Oxford. 1990s. Hey there. Hi. You're studying at Trinity, right? That's correct. Uh, tonight there's a free pint for freshers. That's why I'm here. You? I've never been to a maths-themed pub before. Ah. Uh, I'm in your study group. Yes? You know that thing you were saying today? What thing? You were arguing with the tutor about an oversight in the definition of Bayes theorem as it pertains to extensions. For three or more events, yes. Well... He was wrong. <laughs> no, but you see, he was using the law of total probability as a substitute. That's legal. Legal, but flawed. Okay, maybe. But how? A continuous event space is often conceptualized using numerator terms. You could eliminate the denominator using the law of total probability, which would make fy of y an integral. Yes. But you are forced to specify prior distributions for all unknown parameters. You can't always do that if you don't have prior knowledge. And with large samples, priors can't affect the answer. Likelihoods mean that all answers will be the same regardless of which prior you use. But it's easy to eliminate any nuisance parameters. You could totally address this using MCMC methods. Are you really addressing it, though? You can write the cumulative distribution function of a random vector as a marginal distribution function and a copula. <laughs> Don't tell me you're suggesting a frequentist approach. No, I'm suggesting that you're applying a subjective approach. No, I'm saying... The minute you talk about nuisance parameters, you've peeked inside the box. Oh, leave Schrodinger out of this. We're talking about data. Pure, unadulterated data. Who says you get to decide what to exclude? Not exclude. Selectively limit. No! Yes! You have to. You have to. Otherwise, your models become way too complex. No, you aren't following me. Yes, I am completely following you. You brought Schrodinger into this. Listen, if you want a pure model... Get out! There is no such thing as a pure model. There is. You just don't see it. Occam's razor. Bollocks! Oi! Piss off! Okay, Gov. Time. What? You're leaving. What? But she was... Had enough, mate. Hey, you're off! Wait, that's my drink. On your bike, come along. Wait! What are you doing? You can't throw them out. You settle down too, Missy, or you'll be put out too. <sighs> Abandoned industrial site. Greater London, 2005. What does your phone tell us, Mr. Holmes? We can't get much more off the beaten path than this. Their pace has lessened considerably. They're proceeding on foot. We're close. Juliet Bravo 3-4, we're nearing the drop point. Lights off, radio's muted. Moriarty appears to have entered that complex of derelict factories two blocks over. I'll bring them round. You and Dr. Watson stay here and guide us by radio. Too noisy. We'll accompany you on foot. Ah, uh, 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 no, you don't. You stay here. I must insist. You'll need my direction. <sighs> All right. Throw them some armoured vests, please. 
Now mark me and Dr. Watson at a discreet pace. Wait, hold back. What is it? Gone. What? Gone. What do you mean? We've dropped the signal. We've lost her. She turned off her phone? No, she hasn't. It's almost time, Mr. Holmes. The service has been disrupted. She's entered that building. That one? Can you be sure? Those derelict brick warehouses are built with wooden struts that create no wireless interference. However, that abandoned boiler factory dates from the 1950s and employs a concrete and metal construction which would significantly inhibit her signal. If you're certain we can take positions and surround it. I am confident in my assertion. I hope you're right. I'm beyond excited to finally meet this Moriarty. But both of you, please, hang back and let us handle everything. You may have vests, but you'd never survive a headshot. The man has a point. Right behind you. Good. Stay close. It's dark. How will we even know he's here? What's that? My mobile. Drop connection. Shut it off! But Shut it off! Mr. Zhang doesn't want to be tracked. The steel lattice interferes with the signal. Hello! We're here. Mr. Moyati. Mr. Zhang. Please, step forward into the light where I can see you. Tell him to turn the spotlight off. Move the girl with the gun back, please. Ten meter, please. Rabbit! Where is he? I can't see. Back up, Beanie. Mr. Zhang, can you also step into the light so I can see you as well, please? Mr. Moriarty. Mr. Zhang. Mr. Moriarty, we are satisfied with your work. Please accept our second payment, as we agreed. Small currency in a solid briefcase. Mr. Zhang. Can you open the case and show me the contents, please? Certainly. Pound notes, as per contract. Someone's here. That would be fine, thank you. Please, put the case down and move away from it slowly. All right. I'm going to take it now. Don't move! <gasps> this is a police action! We have you surrounded! Don't move, don't move, don't move! Boy, stop where you are! Hands up, up, up! Put your hands where we can see them. Sabine? 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 Oh, no! Sabine! How could you? Sorry about that. I didn't mean to get you kicked out. Yeah. No, that's okay. No, I am really. I get wound up. Well, I took my drink. I'll buy you another. Not tonight. I think I'm done. I'm Aiden. Raftery. Sabine Moriarty. Ah, a fellow Irelander. Sort of. I've lived here for longer. Ah, I'm from Belfast. 
I live there too long. Ah. Uh, well, I'm going to go back in now. Yeah, that's fine. It was nice to meet you. Yeah. Sorry again. My fault. I, I sometimes get ahead of myself. Mm. Bye. See you. You you may have had a point there. What? You may have had a point. Oh? About the definition of Bayesian? Well, yeah. He's throwing a smoke bomb! Smoke bomb! He's melting nail, can't see. Multiple gunmen. Check your fire. Hold off. Let it clear. I've been hit! Man down! They got Annie! Over here! Over here! Who's got Moriarty? Who's got Moriarty? Anyone? Sergeant, you okay? I've taken a hit. Assistance, please! Too much smoke! Spread out! Look for injured! Damn it to hell! We had him! We absolutely had him right here! Sherlock, where are you going? Wait until the smoke is cleared and we've secured the site. John and I will try to locate which way Moriarty escaped. No! Come back! Sherlock, wait! Sherlock! Are you injured? You followed me. Let justice be done, though the heavens fall. Yes. You must leave immediately, before the police seal off the factory. Yes. Your brother... I don't know. Escaped. Go quickly, before the smoke dissipates. Yes. Yes. Sherlock. Sherlock, where'd you go? Sherlock! Oh. Oh. He's not over here. Is he by you? Damn it. Where'd he go? Sherlock, we have four men injured, including a gunman. Any casualties on your side, Sherlock? Not thus far. John? No one over here. Who needs help? I'm a doctor. Over here, Dr. Watson. Right with you. How will you make your way? There's an underground channel in the boiler room that exits by the river. Go now. All clear. It appears that Moriarty has slipped from our grasp. Again. Closest yet. Well, it isn't all bad news. The sorry-ass bastard may have disappeared, but it looks like he's forgotten his case of bills. St John Street, Oxford, 1990s. And so this is where I'm staying with Tony. A little much, of course, for Tony and I, but it's a lot of fun. Lots of parties. Wow. Two WCs, Beanie. Showers, although one's even got a bath. Live here with us. Dump that dreary annex room. I couldn't. How much are you paying for all of this? I'm getting it for a song. An old friend owes me favours. Quite the favour. He's not using it. Tax dodge, of course. And I wouldn't charge you. You're my sister. Do you think? It would be so great. Tony and I have talked about it already. Andy agrees. And I do. That annex housing is so drab. Think of the money you could save. I don't know how it would work. Try it for a few nights, and then if you like it, you can move in. Really, Sabine, we don't mind. That is, as long as you don't. We could clean out the alcove. The alcove? This. This awkward extension of the lounge. He's been trying to convince me to curtain it off and create another room. For Sabine, perfect. A Berber tent fit for Scheherazade. I can totally see it. Well... We get the bedroom, we're a couple, we need privacy, and once the alcove is curtained off, that could be your room. But you could have the bigger bathroom. Oh, yes. 
Oh, let me do something up for you. I'm sure I can make it your home away from home. But what about, say, I wanted to bring someone back? How would you feel about that? Oh, is there someone to bring back? I didn't know. There isn't. But what if I did? How would that work? Me living with my brother and all? She doesn't have a boyfriend. How can that be? We'll get you set up with someone, right, Jim? Careful tones. Still waters run deep. And she's a hard sell. Likes the brainy ones. Jim. I read all your letters. There was Mr. Smart but Naff. Tall Anorak. Uh, philosophical but damaged. He sounded promising. What happened to him? Damaged. Aha. Uh-huh. I'll tread softly. Well, Sabine, how about it? You, me and Jim, one big happy family. Okay, for a few days, we'll see. You will? Oh, Beanie, I'm so thrilled! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Baker Street. John, the slip of paper pinned to the mantle. Do you observe? I do. Please take it. What? Take it. Destroy it. It's Sabine's mobile number. Yes. Please destroy it somewhere or another. Of course. You're not afraid you'll call it? No. But you don't trust yourself to destroy it? I'm not certain. Having you extirpate it creates certainty. Ah, but you've probably already committed it to memory. Assuredly. But in my head it becomes merely a piece of uninflected data, a sequence, a concatenated array. Unrelated. Harmless. So this paper... It would exist. And while I assure you that I am not worried about using this information so long as it exists, it holds untapped potential. A potential to tie up mental processes and dilute observational skills. I would very much appreciate your assistance with this. Consider it as good as done. And so... Series 1 is presented without advertising. Please consider a contribution at genius-podcast.com to help us recover the costs and produce a second series. Genius is written by Tracy Houston. The Genius Company of Players are Sarah Marchand as Sabine Moriarty and others, Mitchell Cohen as Jim Moriarty, Gary Elliott and others, James Loy as Sherlock Holmes and others. Amir Sama Nakjavani as John Watson, Anthony Bryce-Jones and others. James Malik as Gregson, Mr. Moriarty, Mycroft Holmes and others. Calder Levine as Aidan Raftery and others. Siobhan Galpin as the narrator, Mrs. Moriarty and others. Matt Dawson and Natalie Darvison performed various voices. The series was produced, directed and edited by Rob Langford and recorded by Rob Langford and Natalie Darvison. Tracy Houston designed and edited the sound, and Virgil Rockford composed the original music. Sherlock's violin was played by Tony George. Visit us at genius-podcast.com.